This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hey. Hello. What's up? Like I'm you don't already know. I, okay. We've been what? sitting. Why? Why are you shooting me down already? I didn't even do anything. <laughs> well, we've just been like sitting are you here mad at me? talking and drinking for hours. So. <laughs> Am I mad at you? Are you still my friend? What did I do? I'm sorry. Just tell me what I did wrong. Uh, we're joking, but it's, it's what fine. I do. <laughs> it's a thing, and it's, it's cool. It's why she loves me, and she can't get rid of me. Yeah, we just talked about that, too. I think yep. there's a little bit of shared, shared oh, yeah. psychosis happening over here. Absolutely. It's, it's fine. why we're friends. She said that's why we found each other. Yeah, we both cry. <laughs> And y'all listen to us every week. Hopefully every week. You're welcome. Well, you're listening now. <laughs> you're so. listening now. All right. Well, we should probably then do do podcast do the stuff podcast instead stuff, of yeah. rambling. Okay. So it's episode. What episode is this? 91. 91. 91. Honeymoon murders. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Um <laughs> We got some giggle juice. <laughs> Apparently. For honeymoon murders. Thank you, Brittany. <laughs> because uh it's hump day. <laughs> wow, that fucked up fast. <laughs> <laughs> she was super energetic on that one. It's fine. It's you fine. little overachiever, you. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> so for this hump day. Mm-hmm. I got quite ambitious. Yeah, you did. Y'all, she muddled stuff. I muddled. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided honeymoon murders, like honeymoons make me think of, not everybody does the beachy thing for honeymoons, but that's what it kind of made me think of. Right. And so I was trying to think of like a nice summery beachy cocktail. Mm-hmm. And I thought mm-hmm. of mojitos. We've never done a mojito. I've never had a mojito before. Okay. Well, this is good, but it's not a real mojito. So still try a regular mojito. Okay. So I got on Pinterest, as one does. Yeah. And flipped through the mojitos. And I found a blueberry one. And I really love blueberries. Me too. Unfortunately, this doesn't taste as much blueberry as I would like it to. When you get a, a I'm little further need you down. To catch up. Um, when you get further <laughs> down towards the blueberries, it, it's blueberry-ish. So this blueberry mojito, I had to muddle mm-hmm. blueberries and mint. And then I mixed that with some sugar. Yes, definitely need sugar. And lemon juice. No, that wasn't a lemon. Lime. And lime juice. It's the green one. (laughs) The green one. Yeah. And lime juice. I squeezed it myself. Yes, squeezed lime. She even squirted herself. Schwing. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) It was a joke. It it was a thing. We laughed about it for a little bit. We had the giggles. (laughs) Yep. Yep. 12 year old boys here. And then what else? Club soda? Yeah. There was club soda. Oh, ice. And rum. Oh, yeah. There's rum. Alcohol. (laughs) Captain Morgan Spice rum in there. 
And uh, I acquired that from my friendly neighborhood liquor store. <laughs> hey. Yeah. And the rest of the products came from Target. So thanks, Target. Yay, Target. <laughs> and that's it. Happy humping. Yeah. That, that's it. That's all the stories I got. That's it. That was a little bit more uneventful than the previous. <laughs> it was. I was just sitting here waiting. Like what? There was no drama. There that's, was no That's the drama. hump day treat I planned. I was able to acquire all ingredients. Happened. And I muddled correctly. It's really good. And here we are. I even garnished with a little she mint did. floof at the top. A floof. A floof. Yes. 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 So Love yeah. the floofs. <laughs> I'm here for a floof. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good floof. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. So, um, yeah. Go to the socials and look at pictures of our blueberry mojitos and um, shenanigans and trivia and episode pictures. Yeah. Mind teasers. So yeah. you can try to guess what the episode that week is going to be about. And get on there and share your things. Yeah. We had a listener, Shannon. She went and got a purple margarita. I told her mm-hmm. it was good. I tried to tell her. So she went and got our hump day treat from last week and mm-hmm. tried it and loved it and posted a picture and it was fab. So do that. We like that. Be a joiner. Do it. All the cool kids are doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What What else? else? (laughs) Oh, shared psychosis. Oh. Is there something? I feel like there's something else. Uh, There is something else. Okay. So you guys, I met an oddball in the wild. (gasps) Yes. So one of our longtime listeners, Bambi. Hey, baby! Recently moved, you know, across the country and is in our area now. Yes. And she brought prizes. We love prizes. So, to add to my collection of stickers on my podcast box (laughs) is a beautiful Mothman sticker. I will post a picture. Yep. And then she also brought, and I don't know if I'm supposed to tell people this, but I'm going to tell y'all anyway. I'm... Now own a piece of the insane asylum. Yes. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a piece of brick. It's the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in West Virginia. Yes. So, yes, um, yes. I'll post a picture of that also. We we now have a piece. Yep. <laughs> Soup's excited. I want to touch it. That's what she said. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> So, so, thank you, Bambi. It was so nice much. to meet you. So much fun. I'm a little jelly. I didn't. I wasn't there, but there will be other opportunities. Uh, we'll do I'm, a coffee day or yeah. a mojito day. Or, uh, hey, I'm down for whatever. Day. I'm, he- I'm here for days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's do a podcast. Okay. Let me uh, get your stuff open because I'm slacking over here. Oh, my God. Okay. What? <laughs> I just got a text from Steven. <laughs> so I had to glance because he never texts while we're recording. Okay. So he's getting my child ready for bed right now. Okay. And says, getting ready for bed. Ashton realized he wore two pairs of underwear all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's my son. <laughs> Winning. At least he had some on. True. He had that double protection going. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is fabulous. Joys of being a parent. So that's what's happening in my life. Here we go. 
<laughs> Honeymoon murders. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So my case is Bradley Dawson and Christy Chen. Okay. I don't know this, I don't think. I didn't either. It popped up in a Google and I was like, well, this shit's gray. Okay. So I here like we gray. are. Yeah. When Christy Chen, 36, married Bradley Dawson, 38, three months after they met, Ooh. friends of the recent pharmacy school graduate were concerned, but also hopeful she'd finally found the love of her life. Who knows? First, she was a baker. She worked in a bakery. And then Ooh. she went back to school and graduated from pharmacy school. Okay. Christy's friend, Maurice Aperi. That's how I'm saying it. Okay. Morris. No, I changed my mind. Morris, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at the last name. <laughs> Says it was a shock. It happened so quickly of her decision to marry the recently divorced Bradley. Oh, he was recently mm -hmm. divorced. Okay. Who was a Memphis-based IT specialist. Okay. So he was a computer nerd. She was a pharmacist. They met, and three months later, they got married. Oh, my God. I just hear Avril Lavigne in my head right now. What Avril Lavigne song do you hear in your head? Skater Boy. Oh, he was a boy. She, she was, was a girl. A girl. <laughs> Can I make Can it, I make it, it any, any more obvious? obvious? <laughs> oh my God, I really thought that she would instantly... I, I guess we're not sharing brains anymore. I didn't drink enough. You need to drink some more. Okay, let me take a sip and then we'll continue. Okay. That was not blueberry. That was rum and mint. That was all rum and mint. <clears throat> I guess let's swirl it around a little bit. Get them juices going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm really not trying to sound dirty tonight. It's just happening. It's fine. So their relationship had been what you would call a whirlwind romance. Oh, yeah. With some of Christie's friends claiming they hadn't met Bradley until the couple actually married. Hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I usually don't do any introducing until around three months either. So. But damn, we ain't But it's married. not at your wedding. <laughs> I have a picture of their wedding. Okay. And actually, like, it looks beautiful. That's a great picture. Oh, that's They really look cute. super in love. They're, like, gazing into each other's eyes. Yeah, because they've and... only been together for three months. <laughs> the hardest decision they've made so far, other than, you know, getting married, is where to eat dinner. So... <laughs> Oh, my God. But look how happy they look. In they picture. are blissfully happy. That's awesome. She's super gorgeous. Her flower mm -hmm. choice is amazing. I love it. I love her dress. I love everything. Mm -hmm. Love the shoes. Love the dress. Love the hair. Love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> they embarked on their honeymoon five months later. So they didn't immediately after their wedding go on their honeymoon. Okay. Now her friends are struggling to make sense of the nightmare that unfolded just two days into the couple's honeymoon at one of the world's most beautiful locations, Fiji's ultra-private Turtle Island, Ooh. where villas start start at oh. $3,500 a night. <gasps> this was the location of the 1980 film The Blue Lagoon, starring Brooke Shields. <gasps> I've seen that. So that's where they went. They wow. went to Fiji. Um, you know, they sold some kidneys to be able to, <laughs> to stay there. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, that's what I'd have to do. <laughs> well, mine aren't any good. So I'm your fucked. kidneys suck. You're going to Florida. <laughs> your kidneys will get you to Florida. <laughs> Thanks. I'll go for Florida. Florida's fine. There's beaches, they got beautiful there, beaches right? there too. <laughs> 
Amen. Uh, <laughs> on the evening of July 8th, 2016, the couple got into an argument during a beach party, according to multiple reports. The argument continued after they returned to their villa, and resort staff later heard loud noises coming from their suite. Oh. According to a Chen family attorney, Ronald Gordon, it appears that Bradley may have visited the island before with his previous wife on their honeymoon. Oh, that's fucked up. Christy didn't know that until that evening, which may have been the cause for the argument. You think? Uh, yeah. (gasps) That's, that makes me think of friends. (laughs) <laughs> Rachel's ex-fiance Barry always wanting to whisk women off to Aruba. Yep. She's like, what, do you have like a deal with the airlines or something? Yep. Like, he's whisking all his women to Fiji. So. Oh my God. <laughs> he's got a deal with the airlines. Oh. Witnesses exclusively told DailyMail.com that tensions arose between the couple when Bradley started acting inappropriately with someone else at the party. Bruh. They were enjoying themselves and drinking quite a lot, but towards the end, they looked troubled, said an anonymous source. There was a lot of people that came forward, but didn't want their names out there. Because you're, they're at this resort where rooms start at $3,500 a night. So these are like high up there people who don't really want their names attached to this kind of thing. Absolutely. So not everyone shared. But I do have another picture to show you. It's just a picture of the couple on on the island, like okay. at their honeymoon, and still they look happy. Ooh, that's so pretty. They just look like a honeymooning couple. Oh, look how cute. I know. She's precious. With her little sun hat. Is that a tattoo? Yeah, on her arm. A woman who was also staying at the resort told authorities she saw the couple on the night of the alleged fight, but said they appeared to be in good spirits. Other witnesses allegedly heard the newlyweds arguing at dinner the night Christy was killed. So both could probably be true. Yeah. They they probably started off having a wonderful night at the beach party. Mm -hmm. And then they got drunk and he started flirting. And then she found out he whisks all the women Mm -hmm. to Fiji and it's all downhill from there. That's what I think. You know, fucked up. Mm -hmm. Bradley. Bradley. And he's his name is Bradley. (laughs) <laughs> no offense to other Bradleys out there, but I know, I know a super sweet Bradley, but you might as well be named Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley admitted to ABC News that he and Christy did have a drunken argument that evening. Sometime that evening, the woman who said they seemed fine at dinner reportedly heard loud banging sounds from the couple's suite. So she was like Ooh. in a. She was in close proximity to their room, so okay. she was like a neighbor. Gotcha. It was as if someone was drunk and unable to control themselves inside, the woman told police. Mm. And then we heard a loud scream, followed by a big, loud bang, and after that, there was complete silence. Resort staff confirmed that someone had lodged a noise complaint that night. Oh. But it didn't say that anybody went out there. Mm-hmm. The next afternoon around 3 p.m., a maid concerned that the guests had missed breakfast and lunch, discovered Christie's battered body in a pool of blood, slumped against a cracked toilet, dead from a traumatic oh, brain injury. shit. That's what the bang was. Yep. By then, Bradley had fled the resort in a kayak. <laughs> in a fucking kayak. In a kayak. Okay. <laughs> He was arrested 36 hours later on July 10th on a nearby island. All that paddling for nothing. Mm-hmm. 
He was carrying his passport, over $1,000 in cash, and a credit card belonging to Christie. You dick. The resort sent a statement to ABC News calling the safety and concern of their guests their highest priority. Okay. We cooperated with the authorities during the investigation, they stated. We continue to send our condolences to Miss Chim's family, friends, and colleagues. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I still think that it's weird that nobody went and checked the noise complaint, but whatevs. I mean, go, and if they did, they didn't, why not report that? And just for shits and gigs, go look at a picture of this gorgeous resort. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I want it. Me too. I want to be like in one of those little huts over the water. Have you seen Have you seen the yes. pictures of the places with the huts over the water? Oh my gosh! I want to do please. that. And you could just jump into the water. Oh, I would not. But oh, I, it's I would look like crystal clear though. I would look into the water. Yeah, but there's like those teeny tiny little jellyfish that can like kill you. <laughs> Y'all come get your friend. There is so much stuff in water that can just like kill come you. get your friend. Come get her. Come get her. <laughs> I might put my toes in. Oh my god! What about a float? You gonna? Would you like lounge around? I just want to watch the fishes. No, like I'll get in the water. I've been in the water before. I've gotten in the ocean, like in Florida. Like I get in the if water. I'm gonna go swimming in the catacombs. You can go swimming in the crystal clear water of Bora yeah. Bora. I'm not gonna kill you. I just need to see what's there, and I need to know that the things underneath me are not going to eat me. Well, Kim Kardashian was able to find her diamond earring down there. Okay. When she lost it, when she went, you didn't, you know, you haven't seen that. I don't give two flying fucks about a Kardashian. She drew a fu- oh my god, my earring! It's forty thousand dollars. Why are you wearing oh it to the god. beach, you fucking twat? Exactly. Oh my god, I am not a fan of the Kardashians. In case you didn't know, <laughs> yeah, okay. that's like a famous freakout moment. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Look at the friend you're talking to about famous freakout moments of, you know, celebrities. You do know a few, ma'am. Just the opposite t- type. <laughs> in, in the musical world. Well, and I can tell you a lot about the Golden Girls. Mm. <laughs> I have very niche knowledge. <laughs> Super proud over here. I'm so proud of my friend right now. I am so cool. <laughs> okay. Bradley pleaded not guilty to wife Christie's murder at a September 1st court hearing in Latoka, Latoka? Yeah. Fiji. He appeared for a preliminary bail hearing at the Latoka High Court where Judge Raez Hamza rejected requests for his pretrial release. Obviously, because, you know, he has a passport and shit. And, yeah, yeah, why are you fleeing, dude? Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Mm-hmm. Okay. Iqbal Khan. Yes. Iqbal. Yeah, that's how I'm saying that. Iqbal okay. Khan argued the case could take two years, asking why should he remain inside for that long? That was his lawyer. Because he's a bad boy. Because he's a flight risk, Iqbal. <laughs> Iqbal. That's Iqbal. kind of fun to say. Do it. Just say it. It's quick. it's pretty fitting for Iqbal. like a defense attorney. Iqbal. Ooh, it is. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. He did an exclusive jailhouse interview with ABC News. Bradley said he and his partner never had any physical arguments in their relationship. 
He added that Christy was his everything and that he has been praying every day since his incarceration. What I can say, this is a quote from him. What I can say is I am so sorry for the situation we are all going through now. We were supposed to have amazing holidays and I lost my wife, he stated. Just thinking she is not here anymore is so painful. I am thinking of her all the time. We were supposed to have an amazing life. He worried about the fucking holidays. Bro, she ain't coming back for any days. <laughs> Sir. I mean, maybe he was just thinking about the... We were supposed memory. to do Christmas with my parents. <laughs> oh, my God. In Venice. <laughs> we were going on a ski trip. I was really excited about that. <laughs> Had a new snowboard and everything and matching boots. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> So much material for the gram. Gone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Neighbors told Fox News they hadn't heard the couple argue in the past. So there was, there's no proof of any previous drama. Okay. Okay. So the giggles. Like, I got this really good headband. I really thought it would make me look hot. <laughs> we have matching tracksuits for lounging by the fireplace. <laughs> it's all ruined. <laughs> Tristan and Courtney were going to come. <laughs> Courtney's the boy and Tristan's the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we only invited them because Blaine and Becky backed out, but still. <laughs> Man, fuck Bradley. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Bradley claimed through his lawyer, Iqbal Khan, that his wife's death was an accident. Her family's lawyer, Ronald Gordon, previously told Fox News that her horrific injuries could not be explained away so easily. Christie's death was ruled a murder by the medical examiner who found that she died from a traumatic bread. Bread. <laughs> Fuck. That was a serious part. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> a traumatic bread injury. <laughs> like, with the loaf. <laughs> but it's like, it's like sloppy. Helps you with a loaf of garlic bread. <laughs> All that bread is wasted. That's what's traumatic about it. All those carbs. Those sweet, sweet carbs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I don't think we should drink this anymore. (laughs) Christy's death was ruled a murder by the medical examiner who found that she died. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was just remembering before. (laughs) Okay. I got to do this. Christie's death was ruled a murder by the medical examiner who found that she died from a traumatic brain injury caused by brain bleed, severe traumatic head injuries, multiple traumatic injuries to her body, and multiple traumatic injuries to her body. Oh, no. Uh, Her cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. Yeah. It doesn't look like it was an accidental pushing, and she fell and hit her head, and something happened, Gordon stated. We're of the view that she was repeatedly assaulted, but that remains something that will come out in the criminal proceedings. 
which I agree with him. That's not a, she slipped and fell getting out of the shower. Yeah, no, that, that was some force. Somebody beat the shit out of Mm -hmm. her. Her body was so badly injured that she was not able to be embalmed. Oh my God. There were so many holes. In her, in her head. Oh, poor baby. That she couldn't be embalmed. They had, she had to be cremated for them to be able to take her home. Oh my gosh. It's, it's awful. Oh, that's so sad. That's so, 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 oh. Bradley was seen, okay. (sighs) Fuck boy Bradley. Mm hmm. Was seen walking the length of Turtle Island in the early hours of the morning by the night watchman before he went back toward the private bungalow. So sometime after the noise complaint, he was seen walking around on the beach, and then he went back to the bungalow. What were you doing? According to Bradley, he chose to board a kayak after the fight and leave the resort for a neighboring island in an alleged attempt to de-escalate the situation. Okay, narcissist. What what else she got? (laughs) I did this for her. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to give her some space, he told reporters, implying she was still alive when he left. It was normal for me to take a walk. So if y'all never fought, then how can it be normal for you to take Mm -hmm, a walk after mm -hmm, a fight? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, fucking liar. Yeah. Bradley would have had to have kayaked more than three miles in the Pacific Ocean to reach the island of, here's a word. Oh, shh. Matakawalevu. Yeah. From the resort. So (laughs) it's three miles from the resort to Matakawalevu. Yeah. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Ronald Gordon, uh, that's the lawyer, told Fox News Bradley left his GPS-enabled watch at the bungalow, but took his passport and wallet with you him. You fucking dumbass. When he left just to kayak. <laughs> Sir? Uh, Gordon said this kayak trip suggested that he'd been headed toward the mainland, which is about two, which is about a two or three hour boat ride away from the island he fled to. So they think he was trying to leave so, Fiji. Yeah. That he was kayaking to that island to then take it to a two or three hour boat ride back to the mainland. Okay. Hmm. But. But. Bradley never made it that far. <laughs> and he was discovered with cuts and bruises about 3 p.m. on July 10th by a local man as he walked toward the island's village. Mm-hmm. The kayak he claimed he traveled on has never been found. Nobody what? nobody knows where the kayak is. Okay. Damn. His location was given to authorities um, who said he initially confessed to the murder before obtaining a lawyer. And one thing I cut out that I didn't mean to was that when the man found him walking on the beach with cuts and bruises, he reeked of alcohol. Ah. Uh, like. So he took him a little s- snacky snack in yeah. the kayak. Like the man, <laughs> man thought he was drunk and needed help is why he initially approached him because he smelled like alcohol. And then he realized oh. he had all these cuts and bruises on him and he was so like maybe being he incoherent. An yeah. And so that's why he contacted authorities. He thought the man needed help. Okay. He didn't realize that he was a suspect. In well, anything. as long as the police were contacted, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. But, um, good job, local man. Yeah. So Bradley's attorney disputed the prosecution's allegation that Bradley had confessed to the killing in an interview he gave to the police after his arrest. Mm. So his lawyer said, no, he didn't do that because he didn't have a lawyer present. It's all Oh, my God. Let's go look at a picture of Bradley being arrested. 
It's not fair. And actually, I think this was on the way to court. This wasn't right after he was arrested, but here he is in handcuffs. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. seeing him like that and not in a kinky mm-hmm. way. Look how happy the officer is. <laughs> he is laughing. He is loving the fuck out of taking <laughs> this guy to court. He is rolling. I know. Yes, I am here for his energy. You are badass. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Bradley later refused to sign the confession after receiving legal advice, but the authorities insisted that during the interview, he had detailed the events surrounding that tragic night including what he described as a violent, drunken scuffle hmm. that left Christy injured but alive shortly before he left the island by kayak. Right, you bashed her head in mm-hmm. on the toilet. I don't know how he thinks that she was still alive, but whatevs. All of this has been really tough to swallow, says Christy's friend, Ryan Weiss. Christy always wanted to be married, but I just wish I would have asked more questions about who this guy was. Christy was caring, funny, generous, the kind of person who can make friends with anyone, friends say. That's so sad. Yes, very. The resort had also served as a vacation destination for Bradley and a previous wife, like I said earlier. It's unclear why the couple divorced, but Good Morning America reported the divorce wasn't finalized until the month before he married Christy. Oof, oof. His college ex-girlfriend said that when they dated in 2005, the romance was definitely intense and fast. So it's a pattern. Mm-hmm. But that after they became serious, Bradley was very verbally manipulative and threatening and jealous and that he'd pushed her down and chased her. Yep. That's, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. But they do. He's a violent narcissist. Yep. In September 2022... Bradley's petition to be released on bail and allowed to stay in Fiji pending trial was rejected by a judge. Hmm. You're staying in jail. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens next, friends of Christy are heartbroken and angry. Christy was the son. She brought so much joy. It enrages me this happened, says her friend Presley Powers. She always wanted kids, and she would have been a sensational mother. I just pray for justice for her, for her family. This is unforgivable. A hearing for Bradley is scheduled for November 25th, 2022. And then I couldn't find any information after that. Mm. So I don't know what happened. Mm. But that wasn't that long ago. If, yeah, I wonder if there's... That was the newest information I could find. Maybe there's some new evidence that has been entered in and they have to regroup. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So. Okay. That is my story. I loved it. Of piece of shit, Bradley, and his beautiful, beautiful deceased yeah, wife. Yeah, hate him. Christy. But it was good. I just think, like, I mean, murder is sad always. But, like, Christy was, like, this badass woman who just, like, in her 30s decided, I don't want to do this job anymore. I'm going to start over. Like, something most people are terrified to do. Absolutely. And went back to school and, like, killed it and graduated and started this whole brand new career. Like, and was doing that on her own. Yeah. Until Fuckboy came along thing. and screwed everything up. Well, because narcissists love to take like a strong, independent woman. And beat her the fuck down. tear her down to fucking nothing. Ugh. Yeah. They they love it. That's it gives them their power trip that they need. Mm. It's garbage. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 
We're still in India. (laughs) You're making me never want to go there. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just what keeps intriguing me. They are just, um, they got some interesting things going on. I can't help it. Well, stuff that we don't ever get to hear about. So I know. So um, I had never heard of this one. So I don't know if you have either. It's the murder of Annie Dewani. Nope. Don't know it. Okay. Well, I'm about to tell it to you. Okay. It was 2010, and engineer Annie Hindocha was living her dream. The 28-year-old Swedish Indian bride was marrying her British Indian husband, Shreen Dewani, in Mumbai. All in the same city. Okay. This isn't where the bad stuff happens, though. I love the combination of Swedish Indian bride. (laughs) Look, let's go look at her. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, she is she is gorgeous. Gorgeous. She could totes be a supermodel. Well, let me tell you a little something about Annie. Annie, are you okay? She's not okay. Mm. But during her life, she was pretty much the glue of the family. Okay. She was the light up the room type of person. You said those ill-fated words. Don't ever be a light up the room type of person that never, (laughs) it never goes well when they describe them that way. Be a shadow in the corner. It's just. (laughs) Join me. Join me in the darkness. That's why I became friends with (laughs) Brie. So we can sit in the corners together. Okay, so Annie and Shireen had a lavish wedding, and it was very romantic. Guests and family members claimed that they'd never been to one like it. He was soups rich, okay? Oh, nice. Um, her family was well off also. Mm-hmm. I was going to say as well, but the, well off as well. That's just, I like It's it. fine. Anyways, so yeah, they, they had a good one. The bride and groom slow danced under soft lavender lights, gazing into each other's eyes. As Shreen sang the 1990s hit, Pella Nasha, to his wife. Okay. Don't know. Don't know this I one. couldn't find it. Um, the song perfectly described their whirlwind love. There it goes again with the whirlwinds. It's, calm the fuck calm down, the fuck people. Down. It only worked for Dharma and Greg. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> okay? Dharma and Greg. I haven't thought about that show in forever. Oh, my God. And that's because it was TV. (laughs) Maybe we should do like a real life Dharma and Greg situation and see. And she was like so cool and fun. She was. I really wanted to be like her. I know. I tried. I can't. Unless I'm drinking, I cannot be that carefree. (laughs) No, there's no way in hell. I am wired for stress and worry. Mm -hmm. Okay. The couple had met through mutual friends just a year earlier. So at least it was a year. You know, some time there. In 2009, while Annie was on a trip to London, Shreen was a handsome 30-year-old Bristolian with a charming smile and successful career as an accountant. His family operated operated a lucrative nursing home business in Britain. Okay. Yeah, they had to, like, a mansion. You can't... Really, you can see photos of the gate, but they don't allow media 
anywhere near them. Okay, well. Well, let's go look at a photo of him, though. And okay. My, my goodness. He's a good-looking feller. Yeah. I, he's pretty. <laughs> um, he, look, he looks angry, though, or sad. He looks sad. His eyeballs look sad. He might be. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a possible reason for that. We'll get to it. Okay. After just a few dates, the two realized their connection was special. Annie flew back to Stockholm where she worked, but within a few months, she handed in her resignation and moved to London to be with Shran. Three months of living together was all it took for him to propose. Oh, my cow, people. What is it with the three-month thing? I know, but I mean, at least they waited like a year to, to get married. Right? I mean, they had sure. a little bit of an engagement. Yeah. When Annie told her family about Shrian, they were overjoyed. The families approved of the match, like, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the couple had a traditional Indian wedding on October 29th, 2010, in the posh lakeside neighborhood of Powai, Mumbai. Okay. Nearly a week after the wedding celebrations, the couple landed in Cape Town for their honeymoon in South Africa. Nice. They plan to legalize their union under British law upon returning from their trip to South Africa. I have photos of their wedding. Okay. Oh, I love that color. She's so gorgeous. Yeah, I love her outfit. I'm about to show you another one that I love even more. And all the henna. I know. It's a lot of henna. It's a lot of henna. But I'm here for it. I love that, like, emeraldy, jadey color. It's so gorgeous. It's beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. And he looks good, too. I mean, yeah. honestly, he does. Get it, bro. But I have, this one is my next, like, this next one is my favorite. Okay. Um, that says wedding dance because she performed a little dance for okay. her hubby. Um, there's a video of it somewhere. She's she's so precious. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Gosh, she's so gorgeous. I know. Oh, my goodness. Like, her smile is contagious. You can't help it. Mm-hmm. But, but, within a few days of their trip, everything came crashing down. It was the third day of their honeymoon, and after a seafood dinner at a waterfront restaurant, the couple was en route to the town of Gugulathu, about 10 miles from Cape Town, with their cab driver, Zola Robert Tongo. Nice. An independent tour guide who Shrian had hired at the airport. Okay. Like, as soon as they got off the plane. You know, there's taxi drivers everywhere. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there was a lot of companies, but he decided to go with this independent driver. Okay. Um, mm, yeah. Let's go look at Zola. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to give it away too much yet. Okay. Zola is... That's him in court. Just <laughs> as a little <laughs> foreshadowing. He's a little scary. But he's not, though. <laughs> He's not? No. Like, I, there's a documentary, and he really has, like, such a baby face. He just looks very... And he's... He's so scowly. He... Yeah. Well, yeah, he's in court. <laughs> um, I guess I would scowl if I was in court. <laughs> I've never done that, so... I'm not a hardened criminal like Amanda. You know what? <laughs> he, not everybody can be as cool as me. I'm just not as edgy. I did my time. I'm not I learned a, a lot. I'm not as edgy. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Who would have thunk you would be the bad girl of the two of us? Oh, I'm definitely the bad girl. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I don't think I was ever not grounded in high school. <laughs> yeah. And after that, I probably should have been grounded <laughs> at times. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> Anywho, Anywho, let's continue. So, back to murdery stuff. So, while they were out and about that night, and this is just a little breakdown of what had happened was, mm-hmm. two armed men stopped and hijacked their car, left Tongo on the side of the road, and drove off with the couple. Uh, okay. After 20 minutes of driving, they robbed Shrin of his cash and valuables and threw him out of the car. They did not release Annie. Oh, no. Shrian found some locals to help him and told the police what had happened. He later phoned his father-in-law, Vin- Vinod. 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 Hinocha. I'm sorry. I could not take care of your daughter, he said. Vinod, who already knew about the abduction through Shrian's father, prayed he could pay a possible ransom and then get Annie safely home. Because mm-hmm. this is... Unfortunately, Cape Town is beautiful, but crime is high. Oh, yeah. Especially for foreigners. For tourists. Um, there's a, a lot of hijackings. There's, mm-hmm. um, it, it's unfortunately a common thing. So early next morning, police located Tongo's cab not far from Gugulethu. In the back seat laid Annie's lifeless body. Oh, no. She had been shot in the neck, and her jewelry, Blackberry, and handbag were all missing. Oh, no. The fairy tale love story had come to a gory end. That is awful. It's It's very sad. Um, I'm going to show you a picture of the van where they found it. Okay. Um, It's on like a little... Oh, my gosh. It's on the outskirts of like a little residential area. Yeah, I'm going to show you more of that in a little bit, too. Okay. Um, it's in the hood, pretty much. Okay. Um, it's so on the on the streets around there, they have like kind of like a shoulder, but where you could just pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it was found on one of those little. I don't even know. Shoulders. It's, it's like a shoulder. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, like where you would like stop and view the scenery of something like that. So it like it's purposefully for that. Okay. So the Hindoches were originally from India. But because of the Ugandan government, they were ordered like all Asians were ordered to leave Uganda within 90 days. Okay. Uh, back in 1972. So they moved to Sweden and they lived in the small town of Maristed. The forced move brought together not just Annie's nuclear family, but also her extended family. They all stuck together in the tumultuous resettling, eventually becoming well-established and well-off in their adopted homeland of Sweden. As the youngest of three siblings, Annie was spoiled with love and support. In an interview, Annie's family members described her as the heart of the family, like I said, Someone who was always joking around, singing, listening to music, and spreading joy. When she told her father about Shrian, she he was excited to meet him. Her dad said she was the kind to always count on her papa in troubled times. She knew he would take care of everything. And this man loves his baby. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Loves 
Annie's sister, Amy, whom Annie lived with while working in Stockholm, was the first to find out about her death. In an interview, she mentioned that the second she heard about Annie's abduction, um, Shreen called her. Um, she had a feeling her sister wouldn't make it out alive. Her mm-hmm. father, Vinod, was boarding a plane to Cape Town to help Shreen deal with the kidnapping and police chase. When she gave him the news of Annie's demise, he was like getting ready to get on his connecting flight. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, I mean, can you imagine? Nope. You still have to make the trip knowing. Mm. He broke into tears, collapsing to his knees on the airport floor. Shreen and Tongo gave the police a detailed statement about the events of the night. A postmortem autopsy r- revealed that Annie bled to death. After the bullet severed an artery in her neck, medical reports confirmed that no sexual assault had taken place. For Annie's family, this was a small source of relief. Mm-hmm. Their daughter had not suffered abuse. One glimpse of happiness was that the reports never said at any point that my daughter was abused. However, there was evidence of bruising on her leg and it was fingerprints like somebody had grabbed her. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if they tried to assault her or just moving her around. Maybe just trying to control her. Yeah. I mean, just maybe trying to get out. I don't know. But that, that was really all they found other than the gunshot. But they said that was something we can live on. Yes. Shreen flew back to the UK with the body of his bride on November 17th while police viewed Tongo, who had no prior criminal record, as both a victim of the carjacking and a possible suspect, keeping him in police custody. Oh, so they thought maybe he had a hand in the situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The international nature of the case, a British and Swedish citizen traveling in South Africa, meant that it soon garnered global media attention. And boy, did it. But I still don't know of this one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was just not paying attention in 2010. You were watching the Kardashians. Probably. (laughs) No. Maybe. I don't know. Prosecutors and the media found it fishy that the kidnappers neither demanded a ransom nor kept Tongo's car. Case files revealed that the value of the stolen goods was around $6,229. So they killed someone over that. Right. There's more. On December 7th, under a plea deal, Tongo dropped a double whammy confession allegation at the Western Cape High Court. This was no carjacking. But part of a plan of subterfuge, which Sri and Duwani had designed to conceal the true facts, quote unquote, and that Annie was murdered at the instance of her husband. Oh, no. Tongo admitted his involvement, but only as a driver and as the person who connected Sri to a few hitmen. When? We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. He alleged Shreen had asked him to have someone taken off the scene, but Tongo had neither the resources nor the experience to execute a killing. The driver, however, had friends who could. Local hotel receptionist Monde Mombalbo and unemployed 20-somethings, I cannot, Ms. Wamboda, Ms. Wamdoda? Kwabe. We're going to call him Kwabe because I can say that. And Zolili. Mungingi, Mungini. Yeah. Yeah. So, according to Tonga's version of the of the events on the day of the murder, 
Tongo picked up the couple an hour later than what was planned. So when he dropped them off at the hotel, mm-hmm. Shran and Annie went inside to go, you know, check in and all that kind of stuff. And But Shran kind of went in after her and Tongo went and parked. So after they checked in, Shreen went back out into the parking lot and got in Tongo's car and talked to him for a second. Okay. This is all seen on camera. Gotcha. Every single bit of this. So that was supposedly to arrange Tongo to come back later that afternoon, that evening, take them out for sightseeing and to dinner. Okay. He was like, I'm going to get you to be my personal driver while we're here. Okay. So Tongo picked up the couple an hour later as planned after they had finished dining at a restaurant they were driven to part of Gugulethu, seldom visited by tourists. Shreen said that this was because Annie wanted to see the nightlife in the area. Um, but Annie's sister didn't believe this. Look, they, it doesn't make, nobody thinks it makes sense why this extremely well-established couple would want to go, the restaurant that they went to, they, they were supposed to go the, to this five-star bougie-ass place, okay? Mm-hmm. They're on their honeymoon but and they have money. they're sightseeing, looking at Cape Town at night, and they're like, well, we want sushi. What's a good, like, local place? So he took them to this Surfside restaurant. It's like a little hole in the wall, which I get that. Usually hole in the walls are the best places no, to I go. I love hole in the walls. So I don't see why people are really, like, questioning all this, because I would do the same. I've done the same. I've asked a local taxi driver, like, where's the good places to go? Probably because... They are a bougie-ass couple with money on their honeymoon. Well, and the thing is, they went to the outskirts, which is not where tourists go. That's yeah. where all the crime is. I mean, it's it's not where you should go. Yeah. But, you know, she wanted to see the nightlife and all that kind of stuff. CCTV footage of the couple showed Annie was dressed formally in, a, in like, girl, she had her little black dress on, black high heels. She was dressed to the T. Okay. She wasn't dressed to go slumming. Like, she, yeah. she did the damn thing. She looked good. Anyways, um, Amy said that Annie was very aware of her surroundings and of the danger that came with going to a dilapidated or dangerous areas, particularly at night. So I got I got a little photo of what she was wearing, just okay. so, you, so you can see what I'm talking about. They both look good. Oh, yeah, they look nice. Mm-hmm. Let's go look at Cape Town as well, just to kind of get a little overview of it. It's really, really pretty. Yeah. But just so you can see, so there is a literal wall separating suburban life Mm -hmm. from the rural. I see that. It, I mean, it is like night and day. So that's where that area on the right is where they went and where the van was found. Yeah. It's like, okay, so like on the left-hand side... There's these big homes, uh-huh. you see swimming pools in the backyard, and nice lots of trees. It's all well-kept. There's and, a wall. And there's a, a forest. Mm-hmm. And then there is what looks like... It's pretty much hut. There's no greenery. Nope. It is packed. You could probably stand and touch two homes at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even see where you could fit people, vehicles, you know, animals, anything in there. That's great. All right. Just to give you a little visual picture. Literally. So Tongo's bombshell statement further alleged that Shrian was not forced out of the car at gunpoint, as he claimed. 
but did so out of his own accord in a plan executed together with persons known to the state in the furtherance of a common purpose. Soon after after the confession, South African authorities issued a warrant for Shreen's arrest. <laughs> a west. A west. <laughs> Police finally arrested Shreen in the UK, but he got out on bail for a mere 2,000 euro. I don't know what that is in US dollars. In that I don't euro? Know. I don't know. I don't know. It's that little funky L. <laughs> I don't know. I'm American. It's a euro or a pound, one or the other. I, I feel so uneducated right now. Tongo, Kwabe, Meningi, and Mumbambo, Mulambo. <laughs> it's pretty fun to say. Mbolombo. Mbolombo? Colombo. Mombe. That's his first name. Meanwhile, remained under investigation. Tongo was promised a reduced sentence, and Mumbambo was granted full immunity in exchange for truthful testimony against Shran. I'm about to tell you, like, the roles that they played. Okay. Interviews with their families brought to light their dire living situations, which could have been a motive for the men to get money by any means. None of them were hardened criminals. None of them had records. If they did, it was for petty crimes. They just all needed money. I don't... Okay, so Tongo contacted Mombe. Mm -hmm. He worked as a receptionist at this hotel. He was like, hey, do you know anybody, you know, to hire as a hitman? He's like, why? And he's like, well, I'm, I've got this client, and he said he needed to get rid of somebody. Do you know anybody that could do it? And he's like, well, hold on, let me call my friend. So he calls Kwabe, and Kwabe's like, okay, yeah, sure. So Mombe is the middleman. Mm-hmm. Zola's Zola's the one that got it going, and then these other two guys are the ones that actually like came up to the window. They banged on the window with a gun and mm-hmm. hijacked them when they were at a stop sign. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's pretty fucked up. We're going to keep going. Kwambe and Mumbambo entered plea bargains and became state witnesses. Meningi, Mindi, I'm so sorry. Mingini? With, yeah, Mingini. I just can't get it right. Um, was revealed to have been the one that pulled the trigger. In February 2011, Annie's parents visited South Africa to honor her memory in media interviews, the family revealed some private truths that set the investigation ablaze once more. Apparently, Annie and Shran had, they, they had been fighting before the wedding. Oh, Supposedly, no. he's a little controlling hmm. and maybe not so nice. Resulted in Annie taking off her engagement ring and pushing to call off the wedding. There's texts to her sister a few days before. She's like, crying is my new hobby. I'm Aww. so unhappy. Um, Yeah. She's like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Uh, But her family convinced her to go through with the event, chalking the situation up to wedding-related stress. A worried Annie had also told her father that Shran did not believe in premarital sex, but Vinod was told that this wasn't anything to worry about. He's a pure, good Hindu, he had said. Like, Shran had even come to Annie's father, and he was like, look, I don't believe in premarital. I promise I have the purest intentions with your daughter. I love her. She went about that life. Yep. But, 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 but. Okay. But, but. Then Leopold Lesser, a German male sex worker, came out of the woodworks to reveal that he had had sexual encounters with Shrian at least three times. Okay. The tabloids ate this shit up and outed Shrian, connecting 
connecting the dots to Shreen's disinterest in sexual intimacy with Annie prior to the wedding. They also publicized Shreen's dating and sexual preferences. In October 2014, um, the Sun published an article with the headline, Dewani, I'm perverted and filthy-minded. Oh, no. Which reported, honeymoon murder suspect Shreen Dewani revealed in an online dating profile that he wanted to be involved in a gay orgy. The bisexual businessman, 34, set out his sexual inclinations on gaydar, stating that he liked to play a passive role. Under the heading, About Me, Duwani's Asian's sub, sub guy. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Profile states submissive. Should I say it? Mm-hmm. Something sucker. <laughs> Filthy minded and perverted. Okay, I have an opinion here. Yeah, uh, you can, but it I'm going to fix it if you if you're ha- unhappy about this <laughs> judgment that they have passed well, on him. I was I was just going to say like Yeah, he's a piece of shit that killed his wife and whatever. But they're saying this was the motive. Passing judgment on him because of his sexual preferences is not right. Nope. Just because he is bisexual or gay doesn't mean no, it doesn't. He wants to to murder her, and yeah, I don't know how. I'm slightly intoxicated. I don't know how to say what I want to say, but I just don't think that his sexual orientation should have been thrown out there like that. No, I agree. Um, but I kept it in there because mm-hmm. the, the, you know they're saying, well, this is why. Yeah, it's part of the case. All right, so in 2014, he was finally extradited to South Africa to appear in a hearing. Two prior calls for his extradition were denied when he was diagnosed with severe depression and stress, and he was put on suicide watch. Boy went through some serious, like, PTSD because of this whole situation. Well, he did a huge, horrible thing, and then all these things about himself being brought to life in the way that they were, Uh like, I, I get it. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of suck. Don't kill people. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> uh, this time, South African police arrested him and charged him with five offenses. Conspiracy, conspiracy to commit kidnapping, robbery with aggravating circumstances, murder, kidnapping, and obstructing justice. The suspect pleaded not guilty. Sure. After six months in prison, however, the South African High Court acquitted Shrian citing major inconsistencies and contradictions in the opposition's testimonies. For one, Tongo alleged that Shreen communicated with him about the murder over text messages. Okay, so in the van, they were sending text messages back and forth to each other, Mm -hmm. but they could not get what was actually said because it was back in 2010. Okay. So, but they could prove that they were texting back and forth to each other. They just don't know what they, they were just don't know the what text. it was. Okay. Everything that Tongo and the other two guys tells, like confess to, there is video proof of Shreen going to the van and you know being gone for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. There is video proof of Shreen um, giving Tongo a white envelope. Yeah, supposedly has money in it. Um, there, there's so many things that can be proven, but there's no concrete anything that says, "Hey, kill my wife." Gotcha. Okay. That's lame. Yeah. It it really does suck. So Tongo 
Mombombo and Kwabe's accounts of the night all contradicted each other just a little bit, but they all flat out said, um, no, this dude hired us to kill his wife. Yeah. Um, the court also overturned its judgment on Mingini, who they initially suspected had shot Annie, citing erroneous forensic evidence. It's still unclear how much influence Dewani may have had on his witnesses in this case. Kwabe continues to serve jail time and is eligible for release in 2027. Last, uh, a couple years ago, Tongo's parole was uh, revoked. Mombay, <laughs> who was never sent to jail because he had testified, is still protected under immunity. He has repeatedly called on Shrian to answer the Hindocha family questions and to end their suffering. In an interview with the Daily Mail, he said, I don't think life would be any worse for me if I had gone to jail. I cry for what I did. I cannot sleep. My life is destroyed by the things I have done. Regardless of the verdict in the case, the vilification of Shereen's sexual orientation called into question not only legal judgment, but also journalistic ethics. Shereen's alleged encounter with a male sex worker happened prior to his marriage with Annie. Revealing his username and about me on gay and bisexual dating app Gaydar did less to help litigate Annie's murder and more to help fuel biphobia. Instead, this focus, as criminal prosecution often does, introduce intimate details and sexual information to lean on a jury's potential biases to influence the case's outcome. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yes, it is. A 30-year-old financially comfortable, good-looking South Asian man raised in the UK, regardless of his sexual orientation, is unlikely to be... to be under the kind of familial marriage pressure that would lead him to wrap an innocent woman and have her murdered in another country under an elaborate scheme. I mean, seriously, I, maybe his family wasn't accepting of it. That's fine. Maybe he was trying to, you know, please his family, but that doesn't mean that he was going to kill her. Yeah. But, um, th- th- that's why there's so many ways this could be argued. Because yeah. he says he was arranging helicopter rides and giving him payment for, you know, his time served that he helped. But it, it I don't know. I don't know. The, all the videos seems to coincide and fall into place with everything that Tongo and the other two guys say. Yeah. It's really, really sad. And also, okay, here's also like another thing that's really, really weird about their carjacking. Usually when people get carjacked, this was another argument that they had. That car is stripped. It's burned. Nobody gets killed. They get dumped off in, you know, a desolate area, but they don't get killed. Mm-hmm. And they strip the car and sell it for parts. And that's that. Right. People don't get killed. And then a car just left there. It, it, it doesn't float. Like the, the community was pissed the fuck off. They're like, what, you know, look what you did to Cape Town. Look what you did to South Africa. Like yeah. they were pissed at him. They wanted justice as well. Cause they were like, this is not what we do. We, we do some fucked up shit here, but we don't do this. Yeah. It was, I don't know. They all supported the Hindochas like tremendously. It was really sweet. Uh, let's jump ahead a little bit. Years later, a 2018 Daily Mail article revealed that Shrian was vacationing with his new partner in Mumbai. Yes, he's out. Okay. They're, they're all, uh, well, except for Kwame. Like, uh, Zola's out as well. Okay. He has been to Mumbai with his boyfriend and that hurts us greatly. That was the place that Annie married him. 
uh, her Annie's father said, "Yeah, I would have thought that he would keep that place in his heart, especially for that memory." To this day, the Hendocha home is decorated with Annie's photos on the walls and shelves. Annie's mother spends hours quietly caressing her late daughter's framed portraits in Annie's room. In an interview a few, a few years after her death, the family revealed that they did not have the courage to look at her wedding footage or photos and couldn't bring themselves to open the suitcases Annie had packed to take her new home to begin the married life. Aww. Annie's father published a book about his daughter in February 2015, Annie Duwani, A Father's Story. On a somber summer day in 2011, the family dispersed Annie's ashes in Lake Venren, Ven- sure, in Maristad, where she often went to swim in the summers growing up. The Duwanis were not invited. I wouldn't invite them fuckers either. Yeah, it's really, really fucked up. There's so many details that go into this. Um, It could have been way longer. I had to cut it down a little bit. It's so sad. But it's, it's, I mean, all signs point to yes, that he did it. There's just no proof. Yeah. I think he did it. I think he did it, too. So there's my case. Well... That was shitty and great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, well, well um, so it's trivia. It's trivia time, bitch. <laughs> oh my god, that was ridiculous. But here we are. But here we are with trivia. All right. So, what was the question? The question from last week was. What is the explanation given for the deaths of dozens of young men by those who don't believe in the smiley face killer theory? And it was alcohol related drowning is the true cause of the deaths of about 45 college age males whose bodies have been found in water across 11 states. According to those who doubt the smiley face killer theory of retired New York City detectives, Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte. Whale. So. So. Alcohol-related drowning. There it is. There it is. And the winners are Miss Bonnie Cole. Woo! Bon Bon. Good job coming chicka in bon on the bon, Instagram. Bon bon, bon bon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And Miss Rebecca Ayers coming in on Facebook. Good job, Woo! ladies. Well done. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Like it. Okay. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Getting oh one God. step closer to that prize. You know you want the mystery prize. You know you want it. You know you'll do. Somebody's going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a new yeah. question. <laughs> okay. Okay, what you got? Okay. Here we go. Who were the two nurses who many believe were wrongfully convicted of poisoning hospitalized veterans in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1977? Ooh, one more time. One more time. Who were the two nurses who many believe were wrongfully convicted of poisoning hospitalized veterans in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1977? Nurse Ratchet. No. No. <laughs> Amanda wins nothing. <laughs> But I love her, though. <laughs> that show's pretty bomb. Yeah, I know. All right, friends. All right. Time starts now. TikTok, bitches. Yep. 
Go go to the socials. <laughs> yup. <laughs> go to the socials, do the things. And we're going to go. Yep. Because we're done. Uh, we're all done here. All right. We all come back next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.